Okay, okay. Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. I think this is episode 53 or 54. Well, either one. Doesn't matter. We got baseball in a week. We got DJ finding the cure and giving it to all of his friends. We got Chapman possibly looking healthy, working out his Instagram story. He's one of the friends. Cesar's coming back. Stanton, judge of crushing baseballs. And Garrett Cole likes striking people a lot. Let's get to it. This is 161st Street. All right. So, how we feeling, boys? We got baseball season. <laughs> we got baseball in a week. How we feeling? I'm nervous, excited. I'm in a clusterfuck of my head, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm stoked. I a few episodes ago, or maybe the last episode. I don't know. It feels like it's been a while. We were talking about how I'd started to get into watching golf, and I was like, "Yeah, like I'm kind of watching it." I got into it a lot, and I enjoyed watching it. But I'm kind of ready to start Check watching out. baseball again. Check like I did, that. but I didn't. It's such an easy thing to watch casually, and it's fun to watch casually, but. I think I these inner squads have kind of fucked me up a little bit because it's like you watch them and they, they seem like they're so early on in spring training yeah. and you get it in your head. It's just like, all right, baseball's probably in two more months. And then you see them in an inner squad game and they're like, all right, baseball's in a week. And my, I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah, it all happens. So <laughs> yes. You don't have any time to get, like, get used to it at all. It all happens so yeah. fast. And it, it's I'm really same. curious. Oh, my bad. I'm just curious how the intensity is going to go because – it's no fans, but it, the 60-game thing, like, I don't know how that's going to balance, the, the, like, how engaged I'm going to be watching it. Like, in theory, if they played a 60-game season under normal circumstances with fans in the crowd, I'm going to be dialed in like I'm watching an NFL game every single game. But without fans, I'm curious how much that's going to draw back and, like, I don't know. I don't well, know. they have decided they're doing the crowd noise thing, which, however you – if you yes, like that, you so. don't. I think, yeah, the Yankees said they were going to do it. I don't really mind it. I say, fuck it, go ahead. It, I mean, as long as it sounds decent. I did One thing I did see that was funny with the crowd noise wasn't with the Yankees. It was with the Brewers, and they, like, booed Yelich while he was up, and then you heard it. You heard him mouth. Uh, it feels like I'm at Wrigley. Like, what am I, at Wrigley or something? Because they were just booing him. But the one thing I don't – the one thing I don't really like about the whole – I mean, this this also could be just them testing things out, but – what I've noticed, and everybody's noticed, is the camera angle. I really hope they, they figure that shit out because that's really fucking annoying if it's not. like if, the, if you deviate anything from a regular baseball game, just the way it feels, just and obviously the presentation of that is a huge factor, then it doesn't feel real to me. Like oh, That's why the, I know it's summer camp, and I, they're probably going to fix it and make it just behind the mound view. But if you change anything... And obviously, fans are already being changed. There's so much being changed in 60 games. There's the extra inning rule. All those things that we can't really avoid. And those are the rules for this year. And then on top of that, a simple, avoidable thing is the camera angle. Just fix the fucking camera angle. <laughs> That's how I feel. I mean, that that has to be just like a in-term inter-squad thing. There's no way they're going to actually go ahead and do that. Yeah. yeah it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like the technology has just gotten like 10 years behind. Now, so they don't have a fucking camera in center field. Right. Like they, they have it out there. Well, I that's not it. I think it I think they're like just experimenting a lot. I think I don't think technology is worse off because I mean they have the catcher GoPro angle, which is cool. Just, I like just, that. 
but I don't like watching a game that's not from that one view. That view yeah, is the I guess money it's shot. just saying like it looks like they're they don't they haven't figured it out yet. It looks like they're just kind of like don't know what to do. It's like I don't move my hands. I'm just gonna see whatever camera. Yeah, I mean they've they've had all this time in the world. They knew eventually if we were gonna get fans back, it was gonna be over zoom and these guys were announcing remotely which they some of them don't even sound good what i've noticed is jack curry and the other guy well who's the other guy i forgot his name <laughs> uh singleton yeah jack curry and i think singleton they sound fantastic because they're in studio when they're doing it but oh, no, he, no, singleton. It's bob whatever bob's bob something i forgot his name. Whatever, jack curry and, jack curry and co yeah. And, and his partner in crime, they sound fantastic because they're in the studio. So I guess they're like the actual ones recording. So that's their sound and they're importing sound from other places. So when Ruko went on, when David Cohn went on, when Kay went on, they all kind of sounded like shit. They sounded like they were on a Zoom meeting, which they are. But I don't know. Either they have bad Wi-Fis, they got to get the LAN cable plugged in. Someone they just got to figure that out. It seems to me like you've had all this time in the world to figure it out, and you still have some kinks to work out. It just yeah, if those little if the little things are gonna really make me th- feel like it's not a real season. You know what I mean? It's summer camp for them too. Maybe they'll figure it out by then. Yeah. You know? I hope so, uh, and I, the, I, they probably will. But the no the no fans that I mean the the fan noises thing. I don't know if I'm a huge fan. I feel like I feel like if they um, I kept thinking about this. Like, you guys remember like MVP baseball 2005 at all? Yeah, yeah. And, like you were playing <laughs> like those world. those like home run derbies with like the tractor trailers in the background. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they had the soft the music bus. playing. Yeah. yeah, I kept thinking about that because I kept hearing like the ball hit and then it hitting the stands. So ultimately, I just like went back nostalgic to that game, and I was like, it's really gonna be like they could just put some like casual tunes on, like Tessie. You're just hitting bombs, and you're trying to hear the ball hit like hit the outfield like a truck. <laughs> they should just get the MVP baseball that. soundtrack. Play that. I'd be I'd be so down with that. Instead of just like fake fan noise, just put like a nice like all the soundtracks from like 2005 baseball games and on. Like just put it on repeat. I kind of do like I kind of do like the the fan noise because if they don't if you don't have fan noise and you've noticed it too, the announcers sound so much more awkward like those those awkward conversations that are awkward even with crowd noise like when they're talking about like i don't know their kid and everything just nonsense those conversations aren't as awkward because there's screaming fans around there's a game happening it's it's broken up by like loud noises whatever when they're dead silent it's even more cringy so i just i hope that either have more like entertaining conversations or they just pump some crowd noise in there. Because, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like, have you ever seen the videos on Twitter of sitcoms when they take the laugh track out, like Seinfeld yeah. or Friends or whatever? Like, that's what it kind of sounds like a little bit. Because you're yeah. expecting that noise to be there as a filler, and it's point. not. That's the, one so of the like, most annoying things <clears throat> ever. Like, when I, to me, like I actually just thought about this the other day. It's funny you brought that up. Because I was watching, I forget what sitcom, but I, I've been used to just watching Netflix shows, which don't have that, obviously. And... I randomly watched a sitcom and I heard the the laughing and I was like, that is so fucking annoying because I haven't heard it in so long. And then you get your mind set on it and you just hear it every single time they have a like remotely like good joke. They have like, even bad jokes. Some guy said he was like leaving the room and they're like, ha ha. I was like, 
shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, they're like staging the laughter. <laughs> it's I, I so know, annoying. It's gonna be weird though, because there's not gonna be anyone in the stands. So that's the thing. That's why I feel like, you know, like your vision to like looking at it and the hearing, it's gonna be all fucked up. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, so I did. Uh, I did. I thought about this today, and I was like, well, the sixty-game season. How, like, if you translated that to any other sport, just like for a frame of reference on how small the sixty-game season is, because I was talking to a friend who doesn't know baseball that well earlier today, and he was like, well. It's how many games is it usually like 110, 120? I was like, no, it's 160. So it's like 30% of the season. I think it's like 37% of the games. And if you translate that to the yeah. NFL, that is a six game schedule. And for hockey and the NBA, it's a 30 game schedule. Just like That's when crazy. it came, when it comes into that frame of reference, especially football, because it's already such a small yeah. schedule and so intense. So essentially, we should be watching with the same intensity. And like that much more is riding on the game as if it was a six, six game, game NFL, NFL season. season. That's which insane. is crazy, dude. I'll tell you, looking at the schedule like as a visual of the months with the games, it looks that's so when, small. That's when it really hit. Yeah, that's when it hit me. I was like, "Holy shit!" It's like only that long. <laughs> like, <laughs> like forget numbers. Like looking at it in a visual, I'm like that's that long. Like that's about this yeah. big. You Even know? when I printed it, I printed out the 162 and that made 162 look a lot smaller because it's over like, oh, yeah. it's, only, it's only like six months or whatever. The, that one, like, and it's two full months, but it's one of them is like nearly done because you're starting the 23rd. So it's just like the last week or so. It's so little. It's crazy. It's going to be such a crapshoot. And we're going to be playing every single game is going to be so intense for us. Like, Honestly, a lot of I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for Yankee fans right now, but like we're not a shoe in to make the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination because we have the, nobody is. We have the hardest strength of schedule by a pretty large margin, or the whole East as a whole does. And I mean, there's just a lot of good teams. It's just, and it, it's it's the Rays are really good. They could win the division. I mean, if you look at if you look back last year where we were at the point at the 60 game mark that we were only a game up on the Rays. granted we were hurt and whatever and we're better this year we have Cole and we're allegedly healthy for now but if we don't win the division you got to win an at-large bid against good teams like the athletics you got to win against like other, I don't know it's just you don't know who's going to be in that mix maybe the White Sox who knows teams like that like the White Sox and the lesser value teams maybe the angels get a crack at it but those teams are all going to be right around the mix so like you have to win your division that is so much more important i know we talked about this all before but i just keep thinking about it and people keep when we posted those standings before and there are people that everyone's saying like oh the yankees will easily get 45 wins like no that's just not gonna especially like you said like it not only injuries like the covid thing like you never know. Like if three or four guys are gone for two weeks because of COVID, that's a significant portion of the season. You're missing yeah. probably third, 12, 13 games. So like yeah. big deal. And that's just another thing that could go wrong. I'm like, I'm really curious to see like what the teams that ride on these long seasons kind of like what their outcome is. For instance, like the A's, like their whole like roster model is based on 162 yeah. games. And I'm just like, Maybe the Rays are like that too. I don't know. I'm just like I'm. Uh, the whole season's gonna be a crap. Shoot I'm worried. Back. I'm worried about the Rays. Like I, I think too, dude, I the Rays are too. good. If there's anybody got, that's just like pitching. equipped 
to kind of, I feel like they're just really well equipped for a 60 game season. Like they have they a really, really good pitching long. staff. They have a serviceable bullpen and then they have, you know, the same bats that they had last year. So like granted, granted, really well. I, I also, I agree, but we also have a very good rotation. We have a, no, a sure. number, we were ranked recently, the number one bullpen, which I was not, I'm not shocked, but I know the Rays are usually right there with us and they're like four, which is interesting, but yeah. We're we're very comparable to the Rays in the pitching aspect. Obviously, we have way better hitters than they do. It should, it doesn't, but hitting is so streaky. So, and a lot of players on the Yankees are streaky. Like Gary, Gary usually goes off in August, but what if that's just because he needs a couple months to get started, and then he ends up getting all going off, and by the time he gets started, it might be the playoffs, and I don't know. There's so many scenarios that are moving on in my head because there's nothing that's normal anymore. So everything you thought you knew just out the window because everything strategy wise is different now too. Everybody knows this. We, we've been talking about this. Yeah, for a while. But it's in, funny in just because we've started this way that every single time and there's just more to say about it. Because it's still, time. yeah, it's still going on so in our way. head until we get the real thing. There's just so many new scenarios that we can just talk about. Like right. what if yeah. this happens? What if Boone gets COVID? What happens when the managers and you know get COVID? what? What do what they remotely do? They remotely manage. What if like, Matt Blake gets COVID. What happens then? I would have. Will Boone be funny? Will Boone just be a TV in the dugout, and he'll be zooming in as the coach? Or like, if he gets COVID, have you seen those? Like, I've seen those like uh, computer screens and like the robots with wheels, like rolling around. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. I imagine imagine, (laughs) Boone going out for like like, either a mountain biz or argue with the umpire, and you see this robot going out. You just imagine through through the screen. Just imagine doing that whole like savages in the box thing, except Boone is a robot walking out there and he's just doing that point. He's doing that point to the whatever Brennan, the umpire. That would yeah. be wild. You see like, it, like memes pop up and like emojis of like on the screen. He's yeah. Just, like flushing these out. Yeah. He just puts whatever on the screen he wants. Just like a yeah. movie scene of somebody screaming at somebody or whatever. My little one goes, fuck about the rules around here. Am I the only fuck? <laughs> that is so applicable to any situation. Am I the only one who gives a fuck about the rules? <laughs> what, what do you think actually will happen if he gets COVID? You think yeah, we go? I, I, think, nah, I think it's it's like anything else. Like they he probably sends in the up. lineup. He probably sends in the lineup, and then the bench coach probably does the in-game stuff. He's probably yeah. speaking with Boone remotely, so that probably is what would happen. You think he's game. in like an earpiece or something? Or maybe they just have him in a bubble in the dugout, like they have <laughs> a bubble designated. <laughs> I mean, they him. have plenty of space. He could fucking chill in behind the dugout in the bleachers, but just like a bubble around him. Yeah, he's just six up behind talkie. the plate. Yeah, he's calling. He's stadium. calling pitches like. The, he stands up and puts a sign between instead of the catcher. Yeah, if I was yeah. them, I would probably do like hit Boone on a monitor and he just zooms in. Like, like really funny. I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't happen. That'd be so funny. I'm just it's just another thing that pops up in my head. We could have we could have done an episode a week for the past like four weeks with just all the scenarios that possibly could have happened. Just what you know what's gonna happen though? Like every little thing that happens though throughout this whole season, we're just gonna overreact more and more and more and then yeah, it's gonna be well, rightly a, a so, never-ending cycle. But it's for like rightly so because it's only sixty games. Like Murph said, it would be equivalent to a six-game NFL season, which is wild. Every yeah. game like, is a series. Every single game, every single game matters. And to those, like we always like say to people, like don't freak out if we lose one series or lose three in a row, whatever. Losing three in a row is an equivalent of a one of a six-game losing nine season. in a row. Lose, it's losing like t- like fifteen percent of the fucking season, so 
And that's crazy because if you lose three, the other team, the Rays win three, you're down six games. That's a six-game swing in the mm-hmm. overall. Especially, standard. yeah, if you're losing to the Rays, yeah. Yeah, I don't Especially know. That it's going to be weird. We'll see. So scenarios aside, we did get some good news. Obviously, you everybody knows about this by now, but DJ found the cure to Corona. He, I mean, we knew this was going to happen. If we could bet on this, if that was one of the, I'm sure you could bet on that somewhere. Like if DJ was going to get over Corona or find the cure. Well, he was I, asymptomatic anyway. Yeah, but it was probably even. Of course, it was. just just getting over. I mean, he wouldn't. The thing is with him, he would never get to the point where he was symptomatic because it could never do that to him. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, no, like when when the news came out that he Not and Sessa got it, and they said DJ was asymptomatic, like the thought didn't even go in my head that he would develop symptoms. Like. I was like, all right, we're wrong with DJ. I was like, okay, see you in two weeks. Like that was my thought. I'm not moderately surprised that he's back next DJ, week. DJ DJ was like the DJ DJ is like the Chuck Norris of like everything else. <laughs> How you so? Know, <laughs> you know those sayings where it's like Chuck Norris doesn't do a push up; he pushes the earth down. Oh yeah, like you know, like the, all yeah. those sayings. Like he's yeah, doing like his, his Chuck of, Norris's uh, beard can beat you in arm wrestle. Like <laughs> yeah, like even a perfect thing. Like you know. Chuck Norris didn't catch coronavirus. Coronavirus caught Chuck Norris. You know, something stupid like that. He's like he's like the Chuck Norris of everything, but in the yeah, baseball. Yeah, DJ world. is Chuck Norris. Doing the, roundhouse kicks. And... Yeah, I'm glad to have him back, though. I like, mean, I'm glad that he's back to start the season. That's the big thing. Well, that's that's the thing. He's they, he's supposed to rejoin the team sometime next week. Him as well as Sessa, who has also beat COVID, so. DJ gave him the cure too. He helped out with the boys. Um, Chapman it was asymptomatic already, but he looks pretty good. I don't know if you can work out with COVID, but he's working out in his story, so he looks pretty damn good. So he's probably going to start the season on the COVID IL, and we've seen it, you can bounce back from COVID rather quickly. Some people obviously a little bit worse off if you get it worse, but he was also asymptomatic, so feel good about that. He just recently got he got it after dj and after sessa so that's why he's gonna probably miss a little bit more of a little bit into the season but he gets a head start yeah in terms of all of them starting with dj he i'm gonna just go out on a limb and say he's probably not gonna be on the opening day roster just shortly probably shortly after that he'll come back that's just the from the vibe i get from the article so he also needs bats yeah that's yeah that's a whole nother conversation i want to get to but if he doesn't start the opening day on the opening day roster, which he probably won't, who do you guys want to start at second base? Because obviously there's two options. There's Tyro Estrada, who's been raking, and Tyler Wade, who is the friend of the pod. He's the this is the Tyler Wade fan club. So it, it, he may not be a friend of the pod yet. He doesn't know it yet, but he will be. Who do you guys have starting at second base if DJ can't make it? I mean, it's one of those two. Um, we could also obviously. Well, no, but you could also do something funky because we're trying. We're trying to get Gio and Andahar in there. Like, I know Gio doesn't really play second, but he kind of does. Like, that's worst case. Like, if we really I made don't the want argument to Damon about Strata. that. But I'm just saying, like, it could have been. So it's a pit. I've taken zero reps there. <laughs> zero. Yeah, but Gio, Gio's got a good glove. Like, he, I think he could play there, uh, especially cool. if it's only so for does, a couple. Games. That was my thank you, Murph. I'm glad you're here now because last week, Damon was so against that i'm still in that's re- he's taking zero reps zero reps there well yeah okay. it's just another option I, I wouldn't be mad if they put out anybody really 
um, out of those three. But if they get if they need the bats more because Estrada's like he's he, he's come up the last couple of years like he's played a little bit here and there. Wouldn't be mad to see him. Tyler Wade, I don't love his bat. I like him coming off the bench a little bit more, but we'll find a way. We have the depth for it, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think mean, I, I think it's gonna be um, Estrada just because he's. I, you know, he's had a better, I guess, second spring training with these inner squad games. Um, and you want to go with a guy who can, you know, at least is a little more predictable in terms of he's seen the ball a little better. So they're probably going to pick him over it, but I don't know. I don't think there's a huge, like, it's not going to be a huge factor in the lineup either way. Like, it's not like, you know, DJ May, he was just, he's an all-star. He's like the, the team MVP. You know, you can't compare him to being like a reasonable replacement. I think that Estrada and Wade are both like mediocre players who are both going to be utility guys for the whole season. So um, not going to be a huge difference either way. And oh, I feel like especially for these first couple of games, I feel like Wade is even more valuable off the bench than Estrada right now. Yeah, that was my thought process too, because Wade with the whole runner on second rule, that that screws him over so much. Like I don't know if we talked about there, that before. Which sucks, but... But like him coming into the game, sometimes you might want to wait to bring. Like he might not play in the first nine innings of a lot of games, strictly because you want to keep him as that pinch runner. At, I don't know how like how the rules work, but like he, it just seems like he gets kind of screwed by that. Well, yeah, he does, but he doesn't because that just kind of gives him another role to fill. I think, and yeah, he might not go in when he otherwise would have because of it, but it also. Just, you know, it's something that he can excel in at this point. And he's really, really good defensively, and he's really, really good at base running. So he's perfect for that because if we don't score, then he can play nearly every position on the field that we might need him to yeah. in the following be, game for whoever he comes I'd in be, for. I'd be interested to see, like, if Wade does start, if, like, a Brett Garner doesn't for some reason because you need that some sort of speed on the bench just in case. Like, I, I, I don't know if there's going to be a correlation between that at all. Yeah, I don't know how like one affects the other in terms of like that rule. I don't know if some. I, I think if you, I could be just completely spewing nonsense, but I think if you are the pinch runner, you have you couldn't have played in the game, so you're you have to enter. Yeah, the game it's at like that any point. other rule. So it's like the man on second is the last out of the previous inning, and it's just gonna be a pinch runner. Right. So it's like, oh, that is what it is, right? Yeah, you yeah. can't just throw anyone out there. It has to be the last runner, last person out. Against the substitution rule. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. like if Gary was the last one, and like we wanted to put Wade, and then Higashioka would probably have to come in for Wade uh, yeah. to catch the following inning if we don't score. Or like double switch kind of action. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it's basically just, if, and you don't have to pinch run every time. Like if Judge is on second, Judge is the last out in the ninth yeah, inning, and we go into the tenth. Like out. we're gonna leave him in there, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But if, if it's Mike Ford or Luke Voigt, like, all right, probably going to yeah. take some. <laughs> Speaking brainer. of which, Luke Voigt has – I know he lost weight and he looks great. What did he lose, like 20 pounds or okay, something? Maybe he can run now. Looks phenomenal, know. but he's been trying to run everything. He's been digging out – I don't know it's summer camp, but he's just really testing out the, the new body. Like, he's just seeing, <laughs> like, all right, what, how fast am I? Like, I've been he's running in the, on the treadmill. <laughs> He's, I mean, he's, he's got no tread on these tires now. He's a new man. And he's like, all right, maybe, I am, maybe I'm a speedster now. I used to run with a refrigerator on my back. Maybe I can swipe a few bags here, take an extra bag on, th- go to he's third on a single. something. He got hosed by Florial. <laughs> I know Florial has a good arm, but 
He was out by 20 feet. Too bad you can't run him over anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's... I mean, I'm all for speed. I'm all for speed. I mean, he can test it out now. Like, there's no problem doing that. So, I mean, at at least he figured it out in summer camp that he still isn't fast. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder wonder how much faster he, he... got or he maybe he just feels faster well he just wants he it. just wants to know like what what he can go on he's trying to figure that out i feel like it's See like when, if, you, uh, when you get a when you get a buzz cut and you run you run with a buzz cut you just feel the wind he just that it, yeah. there's no there's no impact on his actual like output just, speed it's just he feels faster so he's, he's, like, he's more just aerodynamic trying, really he's just yeah. trying more now yeah he's like a swimmer who just shaved his old body so he could glide faster in the water <laughs> yeah <laughs> cuts but, through the air Back yeah. to the original question. If you had a gun to your head and you pick, obviously it's not a big impact because DJ is coming back soon after. But if I were to pick of those two, Wade and Tyro, I'm going to go with Tyro. Tyro is a guy that I feel like every time he's up, I talk about him all the time. He's like a, he look, he plays like Starlin Castro to me. He looks, he's got the same build. He hits, plays second base. I don't know. He just seems like a Starling Castro to me, like a younger version of that. And I just feel like whenever he's in, I don't ever think in my head like, oh, fuck. Job done. I, oh, fuck. It's Ronald like, Torres. That's who he is. Yeah. Like, I mean, but he's got pop, though. Doesn't Torres he? didn't really. Yeah, he's hit two home runs already. I don't know if it's it's a small sample I mean, size. Yeah, I mean, he's not, dude, he's like, not, yeah. he's not, his player profile isn't, you know, has pops going to hit bombs, but right. he's just, you know, he's, I mean, he's seen the ball well. I think that's why man got shot. In. Need to put him in. He, he got shot. In. Yeah. So I mean, people like, forget yeah. that he literally well, he, got shot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he's just very serviceable. Like this is what we, this is why he's on the the roster for this. Like if DJ misses a few games, he's somebody that we can plug in there for a few games, and that's fine, and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd I'm take him. But if they are comfortable throwing Urshela there, obviously they know way more than we do. I'm not going to be mad if Urshela's playing second a couple games. I'm also okay with that they, too. So majority vote. I will. I will bet. I will bet dollars that he will never play. Oh no! Like I'm not betting that he will. I'm not betting he will either. I'd say I'm saying it's a valid option, and you don't think so. All right. I never said that. I just said it's never going <laughs> to happen. All right. Probably either won't. way. I'd love to see him so, out there if he can play, but I'm done talking. About it. We'll be the last episode. Yeah, we're not. We're not gonna. We're gonna agree to disagree. So Sessa and Chapman also. Sessa, obviously, I think he's on the same pace as DJ, but Chapman probably gonna start the season on the IL, so he might miss a few games, week or two. I have no idea. I'm just talking out of my ass. But since he's gonna be out, what do we think for him as an option? Like who replaces him as the closer? We have obviously a lot of options. I'm not worried about it. Obviously, Chapman is reliever of the year, and he's had a fantastic season. He throws gas. He looks like he's been getting even bigger. He might throw harder now again. Who knows? But we got a lot of guys. If you guys think, have to pick um, one, who is it? I think Britton is a pretty good option just because he's – like when he was on the Orioles, he was a closer. He's been in that spot before. I think he's probably at least somewhat comfortable doing it. And if he were, for example, on a team that doesn't have as good of a bullpen as the Yankees, like he'd probably be a closer on probably eight or ten other teams in the league right now. So I think he's a pretty obvious option. Yeah. Um, but I also wouldn't feel horrible if Canley maybe went in there. But like he, he also like just doesn't close. So 
Yeah, I think you got to go with the guy that has experience doing that and also is versatile in the closing game of even just like more comfortable with both sides of the bat too. Like you're not going to throw out of beat him out there because he's very just one-sided towards righties, you know. You got to throw someone out there who has one experience closing and two is comfortable pitching to both sides of the plate. Yeah, I don't want Adovino and, touching. And that's, and that's Britain for sure. And I think Adovino will be a, a second, but not a close second. I like Adovino, and I think he's going to have a bounce back year, but I do not want him touching the mound in the ninth inning. What do you mean a bounce he, back year? I mean, in terms of where he left off on. He left. He had a fantastic oh. year in the regular season. Where he, he left off on a, in a sour taste in my mouth because he walked everybody and their mother. So yeah. bounce back in terms of that. Obviously, he had like a 1-9 ERA for the regular season, but I do not want him... Because the way it translates, obviously, he did poorly in the regular se- in the playoffs in crunch time. So I feel like that translates to the ninth inning of every game is crunch time. So he might croak in every ninth inning of every game. He's better for the seventh or eighth. I, I mean, that's just that's just yeah, I know. Seventh, no, that, yeah, the seventh inning slot is perfect for him. That's his well, seventh eighth inning. Like that's his perfect. That like you said exactly. He he fits in that role really well. He thrives there, and there's no. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever be a closer, and I don't think he ever really wants to be because he clearly hates it. He's got yeah. seventh inning lockdown. Yeah, Britain just never has been. Yeah, people forget that Britain had one of the best years of closers, like for the last decade. Like he, I saw a list, and he was on that decade with. I think he was the like number two closer in terms of like single seasons as a closer. He was the number two in the last decade. Andrew Miller was up there. Um, I know Chapman was up there. Kimbrell was up there. Just he was like a top. He had one of the best seasons we've ever seen out of a close. His, we've recently I mean, seen. Do it in like his twenty sixteen season. Yeah, on the, on, on the Orioles. Season. Yeah, yeah. He was fourth in Cy Young voting. He had an 0-5-4 through sixty nine games and forty seven saves. An o five four ERA is crazy. That's stupid. When he gave up one home time, run the whole year. When was the last time a, a closer? That's ridiculous. He did, and he didn't blow. Up. He did not blow a single save. Also, he had an that's o, pretty crazy. Oh what? Oh five four. Oh five four, and didn't blow a single save. And gave up one but he, home run. But he run. Gave, he had a he had a loss though, which is I don't know what happened there. But anyway, like so, I, I remember that because he had like his like he had like the sinker slider thing that like. Nobody really knew how to hit it or what it was. And I just remember that pitch because, like, he was on the Orioles. Like, I didn't – I just knew he was the nasty guy in the Orioles that threw that one pitch that nobody could hit. Yeah. And, um, you know, since then, like – but he really hasn't dialed it back that much. Like, two years ago – when fantastic he, I who he was on. Too. Right. And but, but before the year before he came to the Yankees, I forget who he was playing for, but he didn't play that. Like, when we got him, I wasn't as excited to get him as I would have been if – it was right off his 2016 season but that doesn't mean he still doesn't have it like he yeah. he had a sub two era last year like he can but again he, he's the guy that steps up because he's been there before for sure like everyone else is just not going to be able to do that i mean like chad green's that middle relief guy long relief guy you know he i wouldn't want him in ninth either um dude fourth and cy young and that's crazy that's crazy mvp he was he was 11th in mvp yeah you know the, I don't know if closers ever on MVP. That's crazy. He's been fucking goddamn close. You know the only two people to win Cy Young as a reliever or closer? Oh, no Dennis, idea. Dennis Eckersley, Eckersley and um, Eric Gagne. Yeah. Not even, not I feel even like if I, had, if I had to take like three guesses, no, nah, if I had to take like five guesses, 
Eckersley probably would have been my first guess. Gagne would have been down a little bit, but I, 2003, yeah, I think that makes sense. 2003, Gagne won in 19... What was it? 20-something. Not 20. 19-whatever. Oh. Dennis. <laughs> that, yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty cool. But anyway, like I just think Britain... Also, if Ottavino is the eighth, and if Ottavino and Canley throw 7-8, I feel like that takes a little bit of pressure off Britain. Um. I feel like if you're throwing in a bullpen where maybe it doesn't matter, but like if you're throwing in a bullpen where nobody else is really that good, like you did on the Orioles when you're the closer, I feel like a lot more weight falls on your shoulders. Yeah. Whereas when you have Canley and Adovino in front of you, say there's a three run lead going into the seventh, pretty confidently they're not going to give up those other two runs and force you to have a one run save or something like that. So I feel like, and that also might give him confidence when if he throws, say he has like four saves and he doesn't blow one and he has like a sub-2 ERA through those four games, then he goes back to the normal bullpen with confidence. I think that could be a good thing, too. Yeah. Okay, I have a crazy stat for you. Talk to me. Talk to me, Goose. So, <laughs> in, in nine years, in Zach Britton's nine-year career, he has given up a total of 37 home runs in nine years. Okay? So, in three years... Josh Hader, fantastic arm, has given up 28 home runs in three years. Yeah, but that's his bugaboo with Hader. Like that, that's like kind of a known thing. Like Britain's his home run per nine is not great. Britain walks. I, I Bad don't example, if, like, but I, I just think that's kind of crazy. Three years, though. I know it's his bugaboo. Well, but I like, think that's that's a cool example because when when you ask the average fan, what do you think of Josh Hader? fantastic closer right oh my god well, he is like, one he is one of the best closers no no but i'm saying like the name itself just automatically thinks like oh yeah like this stat is gonna be real and then when you think of zach Britton, you're like yeah okay zach Britton. like i'm just talking about like like first in the interpretations of, of people and you see like a stat like that and like britain's previous stats it's, it's kind of crazy yeah it's just, wild just to the that kind of guy nine years he britain's just like the kind of guy he'll walk a few guys here and there but I guess when he was in, like, 2016, 2017, like, his really, really good years, he had, like, the strikeout pitch going that nobody could touch. But people have caught up to that, and he's realized it. So now the way he throws, he still walks a lot of guys. But he doesn't give up a ton of hits, and he really doesn't give up home runs, like you said, which is kind of a, a good recipe for success. Like, it's it's really hard to produce runs off him because he does not give up a lot of hits. You know what they were talking about with uh, with Britain? Whenever Britain comes in, they, they bring in the, the Britain – like shift, so they'll bring in a fifth infielder. No, Why I did not, I did not know that. I heard that. I think Boone was talking He's about a that pitcher. That makes I don't a lot know, of sense. I don't know how often they'll actually use this, but they would just bring in a fifth infielder because he's such a ground ball pitcher. And honestly, if you were gonna do that, which infielder would you bring in? I feel like it's that's got to be Wade. That's another one of Wade's like random responsibilities on this team. Like he's the pinch runner in the extra innings. He's the fifth infielder when Britain comes in. He's just, because you have to have, if you're bringing a fifth infielder, it's just for when he's in. So if he gets pulled, you got to sub somebody else out. So it's kind of be, got to be an outfielder well, not that it, also not plays it, infield. Right. So that's why Wade, if they do, if they were to sub to do that, which I kind of doubt they would, but maybe if that Wade's like kind of the only option there, because he can play both. He's like the only yeah, one. Just imagine having like Judge or Stanton or throw on a glove and play the infield. That would just look so weird. You think they could do it? Well, like I feel like whichever one of them put a body up in, in front and just like, <laughs> like yeah, where would they play in the infield? It. Like I feel like they'd have to play 
like over center, like first maybe. maybe. I don't know, or like a rover kind of thing. I don't know. Like no, maybe. But like no, I like... wouldn't want them over center. I don't know if I'd want them in the middle. No, like you'd want like probably your third baseman, your second baseman, your shortstop as the three middle infielders. But that's the perfect usage for Tyler Wade right there. Right, exactly. coming in like that. That's literally his role right there. Coming yeah. in, playing the infield position, getting out, maybe a tie game up. Hopefully not. Cool. He goes back into the outfield. Like he's still playing. So if Britain's closing in the ninth, you make that sub for Wade and have Wade come in to field the ninth, and then maybe whoever you sub him for was the last out in case you go to extras. So then he's also. I've never been like a huge shift. I've never been a huge shifts guy, but I do. I do like this. What do you guys think about it? Would you actually like to see this happen? Not like not really. I, just, no. I feel like it's too unconventional. <laughs> like, it's fun it's to like. Too I'd be like. I'd be horrified because. God forbid somebody bloops it. Like where wherever you position the outfield, there's like somebody bloops one over the yeah. third baseman's head, and you have Stanton in left field who's not incredibly fast, and he's playing left center. Like it's gonna take him a while to get to that ball. So especially if there's any, a guy at base, like you're screwed. Like any fast line drive ground ball hit is gonna go through the gap and get be like a double or a triple. If it's especially if it's yeah. like center field, I'm envisioning they're gonna be like left center, right center, winder of the middle. It's a fucking triple. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I do kind of like it though because I, I I would like to see his like ground ball. I, I mean, it's got to be kind of ridiculous the ground ball percentage. I know it is ridiculous, but to even like think about doing that, see if I can find it. But that's so much more pressure on Britain to throw those low pitches to get a ground ball. If he hangs one, it's over. Yeah, that's true too. Maybe yeah, maybe that completely changes the way he goes about pitching. Like he's and and now you're now as a batter, you're expecting all oh, these ground, low yeah, pitches. Yeah. Like there's like. It's completely different chess bat chess match now. It's wild. Yeah, it is. Like it, yeah. it gives. I think it gives the batter more advantage now. Hit a hit a hard ball anywhere. It's going to be at least a double. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I wouldn't like to see it. Like, I I'm curious what like the um, it really super advanced like analytic stats are on it because when you have the shift there's so much research that goes into it. So I'm curious what the statistical advantage is. If you have the five people in the infield for a ground ball pitcher like Brent, but I, I can't imagine it's worth the risk. Yeah. Unless you're, uh, unless you're up a couple of runs and you have some like room to play around with, maybe to test it out. But in like this short of a season, it's like not the time to test anything out. Just yeah. Stick, stick to, stick to what works, please. Also true. Another thing I did notice in the inter-squad games is First inning Paxton is still alive and well. If you remember, we would always just we would always just bet first runs uh, runs in the first inning whenever Paxton's in, and then he would be buckles. So I wouldn't even feel bad doing that. He would be buckles for every inning past the first inning. But it is a guarantee, a guarantee that he gives he gives up a home run in the first inning. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was just normal. Like it'd be, there'd be two outs, we'd be like, oh, like maybe he'll get out of this one. And then like, oh no, there it goes. And then he'd shut shut down the wrestling, and then he'd go, you know, seven and a half inning or seven. Yeah, eight which innings. was fine. It was fine for us because we have such a good offense, so like we can afford it. And especially if he just shuts the door after. But like, it's just so ridiculous that he has he, he's just that kind of person. Like he will always do that. Listen, yeah. if you allow one or two runs a game, it doesn't matter what inning it coming. Yeah, I'm all good for. It. I mean, it, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know how he shuts the door like that. He just has to get the kinks out real quick, and then. I don't know. I don't know. All right, you guys want to get into the the betting? Yeah, let's get into it. What were you going to say about (laughs) Hap? 
I was going to say Hap does the same thing, but he doesn't necessarily close the door. Yeah. All right. So the betting corner here, we've got some prop bets for the season. Uh, Cy Young, uh, MVP, most home runs, that sort of thing. Um, so I guess the way we could do it is I can give you some odds that might be a little surprising or something like that. And then we can go through some of the odds for some of the guys on the Yankees and just see kind of where they stand and whether or not you take the bet, basically. So oh, we're going to sure. start off with most regular season home runs. Judge is at plus 1950. So basically plus 2000. Interesting. I mean, that's a value pick. It's a value, value pick that you, you didn't think would be a value pick. Like I would, I would say pick Judge because like we're Yankee fans and I like Judge and his home runs. And I was uh, for these segments, I was kind of gonna look towards like the people who aren't Yankees, like just random other people who I might think. But like if it if you're getting those numbers with Aaron Judge, I mean you got to take it. I mean they're definitely considering him, like counting him to get hurt, which yeah. is probably yeah. why that number's lower. But just got begging him getting hot for a little while. That's why I was saying before that we were talking just before we started recording. I think that, like, Sanchez is a big value pick there because he can he's plus forty five hundred. He can go off in a month or a couple weeks, hit twenty bombs, and is now the home run leader. Wait, so all right, so whoever does win most home runs, how many? Like, what's the number? I don't even know. What? Like. Like what? Like what number is going to get you? Lot. Like twenty five, twenty is a lot of home runs. That's a for lot of fucking like, home runs. I don't even know what to look for. What's like the in most a normal season? You're like, all right, if you hit fifty, I don't know. Probably like probably honestly. Think like, about it. Like thirty home runs is be crazy. one home run every other game, other, yeah. which is not going to happen. No. Like I think like twenty is still a lot. Fifteen is probably going to be good. Great. I don't know. That, that's why I'm saying, like, you could have someone go off, hit two home runs in a game, hit a couple home runs a week. That is really going to be interesting, like, change the entire object. I feel around. like 20 home runs is, like, the new 50, like, as a benchmark. Like, somebody hits 50 home runs, you're like, all right, they're definitely at least top three in the league, most likely. So, like, yeah. if you, I, feel like if you hit tw- I feel like 20, like, just out of the blue, like, I feel like if you hit 20, that – for me, is the equivalent of hitting fifty. I don't know if the math makes sense there, but that's just like. What was the? Well, where did Pete Alonso was the leader last year? Yeah, he had fifty three. Fifty three. All right. So yeah, I'll he's also the favorite wide. this year. Um, but also I don't know. Yeah, if the, I don't know. If the, I don't know if the math is there, but I just tr- crunched some numbers. It's about right. 50, 50 home runs is equivalent to just over fifteen in sixty games. Yeah, oh, I got that too. Shit. All right. It's about, well, it's, about a, it's about a home run every like three. Is that games. true? Let me crunch the numbers again. So I did. <laughs> yeah, I just did. I did fifty divided by one sixty-two. That's the rate, and that times sixty. It's eighteen point five. Is a 50, 50 home run season. Yeah. That's, okay. That's so I think twenty. Twenty is gonna be a lot. Like twenty might be like. But that's the thing too. Like it, it you may seem like oh like so if you're over eighteen and a half, that's on pace for a fifty home run season. But it's like. Somebody could just get hot. Like I mean, Gary, we saw we saw, we saw this in twenty sixteen. You saw in long gone summer. They just got hot in the summer. Like they just got started fucking hitting at home two home runs a game. In twenty sixteen, when Gary came up in the second half of the year, he played fifty three games and he hit twenty, and he was like piping hot. And we we're like, oh wow, Gary Sanchez is the absolute man. And so, yeah, what, what are his 20. what are his odds to win the home run title? 
Uh, he might be a very good pick. Plus 4,500. 4,500? That's an amazing pick. Well, think, I mean, yeah, like for anybody, especially in a season, yeah. like it's it's really hard to pick who has the most home runs in a season. Like the odds are always high. Like the favorite is Pete Alonso at 850, which is a horrible bet. That's a terrible. I haven't bet, bet in a long time. What's that? Like, is that 10 I might to get win back into it, betting. It's, t- it's 100 to win 850, 10 to win 85. Oh, hell yeah. Put me down for that. For no, for um, oh, Sanchez. for Sanchez, yeah, you're getting four fifty on a ten dollar bet. Dude, I'm gonna pick fucking like ten people, throw ten bucks on each of them. You gotta look <laughs> for the value picks, like like we were talking before. But Framil Reyes at plus eight thousand. No, yeah. he was like twenty two hundred. He wasn't that high. I, I'm um, looking at him right now. I, I mean, this is on Action Network, but he, he's on. He's plus eight thousand here. Oh, um, let me see. He's plus twenty two hundred on mine. So I don't know. Um, I need to find this book and bet on here. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. So, so out of the Yankees, Stanton had the like I guess highest odds, like the most. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a big game. I think we got you got to go for the value lower guys who are going to come out and just like start hitting bombs. I don't think it's going to be one of these like I, I, I lost Stanton. Stan yeah, I lost Stanton. Like, but Glaber's twenty five hundred. Stanton's twelve hundred. So like. You know, Labor's in front of. Yeah, that's well, no, if it's like, what if it's like, what if it's like, like Keston Hura, like Keston Hura just comes out. I mean, it, yeah, that's the crazy, the crazy thing is, is it, it could be, like, it so could be. On a fifteen dollar bet, if you, yeah. It, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you could, it could be anybody. Like, the, like Chris Davis comes like out the, and just hits again, <laughs> like right. So, what, like, Chris if you Davis. look at like AL or NL players of the month. Like any given year, like the whoever wins it, usually if if they go on based off a of power bat, they're they're gonna have like thirteen, fifteen home runs in a month, which is crazy. But if you keep that up for two months, then boom, you're at thirty. Like that's yeah, if I, if it if could I'm happen. Gonna, so let's let's lock in each. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get a Yankees pick and then a, a another pick. So for me, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm also gonna go Gary because what were his odds? 4,500. That's absolutely good value. And he's, he's a streaky guy. He can abs- get as hot as a pistol. So I'm going to go him. And if I had to pick a non-Yankee, I'd probably go... I'm going to go the value route. Uh, what, what's he, what is Jorge Soler listed on, on in your book for? Uh, I, got, I got to scroll. He's at plus 3,300 here. 2,500 on mine. I could see Jorge Soler doing it, but if he, if it's twenty five hundred, I'm not not liking that so much. I, I might go. People are gonna hate me for this, but I might go Devers. It's not a bad pick. No, it's not a bad pick. He's at plus eight thousand here. Uh, is he at, is he around plus eight thousand there? I don't think anyone on my book is even close to that, except for Hunter Renfro. Um, Your book's ridiculous. Devers is sixty five hundred. I'm. Not. I'm I'll, I'll take Devers as my non-Yankee. And uh, I'm not rooting. I'm not rooting for that to happen. Any game he plays the Yankees, but I, I think the kid's good and he can rake. I'm going Judge. I I think if he's healthy, like just for the sake, I think honestly, dollar for dollar, Gary Sanchez is probably the best pick. But we need I'd pick somebody else. So I'm going to take Judge, and I'm also going to take Belly. He's only could very easily see him hitting like twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah Bell- Bellinger's ridiculous. What were his odds? Plus 1450. Yeah. I'm going Sanchez for sure. And then outside Yankees, I'm going to go find Boy Acuna. I think he's going to fucking go off this year. Acuna. What are Acuna's Plus 1900, odds? 1900. 
I went with super value. Yep. The problem with super value is you don't win. What? 60 games? That's the thing for super <laughs> no, value. No, no, shoot. Yeah, I feel right, like super on, value. Bro. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. We talk forever about let's these. Go, let's go, right. Yeah, let's go like one or two more in. There's regular season hits, um, which LeMayhew's plus 1,000. That's just – I don't know. We don't need to spend too much time on that one. It's kind of yeah. boring. But that's his. So, AL Cy Young. Garrett Cole's the favorite at plus 225. Yeah. Don't think that's a super good value pick. No. But that's his odds. Surprising a little bit, the fourth favorite is Blake Snell. So, in order. That is a little surprising. It's Cole, <laughs> then Verlander, then Mike Clevenger, third. Then Blake Snell. Oh, wait. Never mind. This is out of order. <laughs> this is out of order. I'm sorry. I thought it was going in order. It's not. But still, though, no. All right. It's basically in order. So, yeah. Those are the top three, actually. Shane Bieber is third. Then Clevenger. Then Snell. I mean, you got to go Garrett Cole. I don't care. Give me Garrett Cole. He, he's just a gamer. He yeah. I mean, is already – he strikes – he loves striking people out. He – I mean, even in a in an inter squad game that everybody else is fucking around, and he he's on in, in the interview at the end of the game, he was like, "Unfortunately, we didn't win." Like he cares about everything, and like there was a a fly out to left field, and he was pissed. He was like, oh. he he gets angry when he doesn't strike people out. It bothers him. He has that Scherzer effect. Like he, I'm gonna like you're fucking mine, bitch. Like he mm-hmm. gets in your mind, and that's it. Like he's going to strike you out, and that's that's how that's this. It's already decided. Tough to win a Cy Young at Yankee Stadium, though. Yeah. Hitters. You know really cool. Hmm? Not like I was saying, not AL, not related to this, but it'd be cool if Bauer won Cy Young in the the NL. We'll Just get like there. I don't sh- know what his odds are. He's there, face, but. I'm That'd be really, that would be cool. Bauer, Bauer's like, an anomaly to me. Yeah, that would be I think value play. pick wise, Lucas Giolito plus twelve fifty. Yeah, I like that. That'd be like kind of cool. Pick. I really like, uh, well, like and hate like, at the same time. I really think Tyler Glasnow is a very good pitcher. I don't know if he's going to win Cy Young. But. You also got to think about like the divisions and who they're playing and the the teams. Like that's a yeah. huge. Which is why, like, which is why I'm going to take Mike Clevenger as my non-Yankee because he's playing in the Central, who and that division is dog shit. Both of them. Yeah, so. kind of. But like, think about it. Like, the White Sox, the Twins, and the Indians can all hit. True. Like those are three really good teams. It's kind of it's really they're not any worse than the AL East. I don't know. Like I, yeah. the Rays and the Yankees are probably better than I think the Twins are the best team in that division. I think the Rays and the Yankees are a little bit better than the Twins, but I think that the White Sox and the Indians are better than the other three teams in the AL East, including the Red Sox. I don't. Well, think I just think Clevenger's good year. too. Well, no, he yeah. no, he is. I'm just saying, div, like division wise. Um, also, Charlie Morton, Glasnow, and Blake Snell are all. Really high up there, which is kind that's of crazy that all three of them are that close. That that's almost like Bellinger and, and Betts. Is it Ryu like, up there too? Um, the top thirty at least. Fuck Ryu. Yeah, he's in the top thirty somewhere. Ryu doesn't. Oh yeah, do he's it for plus me. three thousand. He's like he's up there. I don't even like think the, so the, good. the Twins also have a lot of pitchers up there, but um, anyway, moving on. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cole and Clove. Give me those two. AL MVP. Mike Trout is even. So stupid. Horrible. Are you shocked that's though? Worst, that's the worst bet anyone could ever take. But like, you're probably gonna win it. Judge is the next highest. 
at least on my book. Um, yeah, Judge is plus seven fifty, which I also don't think is a great bet. I'd rather take him for home run leader. He's dude. Your book is like, I don't know. I'm just looking at the odds. That's no, I know. I get it. I get it. But like the uh, in terms of what are what I would bet on, they're just screwing me. I didn't on here on here. Aaron Judge is plus twelve hundred. Uh, we'll we'll stick with your lines though. But if I mean, let, I'm, just, I'm just yeah. I don't know. I didn't make the let's odds. Let's pick. Let's pick. I don't. I don't like. Our, the, I think these odds are horrible. Like Lindor is the third highest at nine fifty. I don't know. This is kind of turning into bad radio. But so let's let's pick. <laughs> yeah, really. Let's, let's let's make let's make our picks based on the fact that my, if Mike Trout wasn't playing baseball. Because obviously he would win, so that's no fun. Well, I, I don't think Judge. I I don't know for the AL. Lindor, lock it in. I think Lindor is really good. Good looking for that. Glaber is plus seventeen fifty. I think he's like, if he has that, like just a certain huge wild breakout year, like he, I could see him getting an MVP. Yeah, I'm gonna take, if, but. I would take him. I'm going to take Judge. I think Judge just finally puts it together in 60 games. He's just he's got to stay healthy for just 60. We see the defensive run save numbers. We see all those crazy stats that he accumulates in low amounts of games every year. I think Garrett Cole he, is plus three thousand. He could do it too. This I mean, do you Never think know. this season is more likely for a pitcher to win MVP or less likely? Yes, more likely for sure. I think, I which is why an interesting thing about that whole thing is that you got to put some stock in Shohei Otani because in 60 games, his net impact, I'm not a huge on Shohei Otani, but he can definitely hit and he, he's a form. He's a deep, pretty good pitcher too. So in terms of overall impact across games in 60 games, he's going to do it pitching. He's going to do it hitting too. Most valuable player. If you're going to think about it like that, he seems like he's got a very good shot to be to a have, player. He'd have to have a sub three RA, hit three hundred, and have like ten or twelve home runs. I think, which is yeah. you know pretty doable, I guess. But I think that is I, interesting. He might, he might be my pick because like he him. could win MVP without winning Cy Young, which I feel like general like if a pitcher wins MVP, it's a guarantee yeah. that you're winning. Cy I don't Young. think. See, I don't. But think he could maybe. Do I don't think I would take him to win Cy Young at all. Like if it were just stay, stand alone, Cy Young, no, but. In terms of just MVP, because he's also giving you that extra, I'm going to pitch for you too. Like, you know what I mean? Well, that's why he beat Andahar out for rookie of the year a couple of years Which ago. Which is bullshit, so, but it is bullshit. In, in 60 games, I think that helps him a lot. That's going to be my pick. So that's the thing. I think maybe for him, that's something. But I think for most pitchers, just because you're having exponentially less starts, I mean, you're starting, you're starting every fifth game. Quick math is what, 12 starts? Like, that's not a ton. I mean, I know everybody's sample size is shrunk, but. I feel like for pitchers through 12 games, that's kind of tough. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. So NL MVP, at least on my book, Mookie Betts is the favorite, followed by Yelich and then Acuna and then Belly. I could I'm see picking, any I'm of picking that. A, yeah, I'm picking Acuna because he's my guy. But value pick, I don't know what his odds are, but I'm just having a good feeling, feeling for Baez. He's I, plus 2,000. I'm just – I'm bad. a big fan of him. I just want him to come out. Give me Trevor's okay. story. Really? Not a bad pick. Give me Trevor's story. Great fielder. He can he, – he's one of those guys who obviously you saw when he came up, but he's one of those guys who can get hot. And he will – if he gets he, hot, 
if he gets hot, he came, he came out guns blazing when he came into the league. I think he had like seven home runs. He had that like scooter but Jeanette hey, type. He could low-key he could low key win the home run title too. Yeah. He was supposed to be too low. And like he kind yeah. of I got not not quite he's, different, he's one but of like the top shorts. Like basically when he came up, I was like, Oh, this is literally Tulowitzki again. But yeah. it kind of isn't. What are his um, I think I'd just like to see I don't know, I said him a little while ago. Um 3,500, but I'd like to see Juan Soto. I think that'd just be the coolest one because he's yeah. just like, you know, super young gun guy and he tweaked last year and everybody loved him. And I think if he won an MVP this year, it'd be like just a good storyline. Be really cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, NL Cy Young. Basically, DeGrom versus Scherzer versus Bueller versus Flaherty versus Strasburg. All right, that's more names than I. Give me Flaherty. But Give me Flaherty. Just like overall, I like Flaherty. too. I'm not like not a like, value pick Flaherty for sure. Not even value pick. For He's me. only plus eight hundred. It's not that good. Of, it's not much of a value yeah. pick. I think the value pick there is Trevor Bauer was thirteen fifty. That ain't bad. Um, Mike Soroka plus twenty two hundred. I think in a couple of years he's going to be a top tier pitcher. I could see That's if what this they was, say. if this were to be his breakout year, I could see him doing it. Um. I also, yeah, no, I'm with you on Flaherty. Like, I mean, dude, Flaherty he had a so, he had a he had a point like five ERA. Uh, so he had a sub one ERA for the second half, like after the All Star break last year. If he, he, this is like the mindset you have to have for making these picks across the board. You got to get the guys who just get hot. But you don't know who's going to get hot. Just because somebody's gotten hot before, it doesn't mean they're going to get hot in this sixty. That's the thing. Yeah, but you you could get that vibe of people who are streaky players. So, sure. Small sample size, but he did get hot at the end of last year. So, hopefully, he does that again. I win some money. I, might, I actually might like put these bets down. I, I like these a lot. Yeah, I think I am too. <laughs> he was, he was I, do, I do know, too. like, I feel like turn in the, the 16th season, though, check. like, it's a horrible, horrible decision to take a favorite in a 60 game season. Yeah. Oh, why would yeah. You? Like, it's so, uh, you if there's ever like somebody to come out of nowhere and steal an MVP or steal a Cy Young or accidentally hit 28 home runs and get the home run title. Like this is the, year. that's like, exactly what's going to happen. It's, it's such a fucking toss up. And that's why I just like value, value, value. The fun thing like, too, Hicks, Hicks could come fun, out of nowhere and hit yeah, 24. Like literally, the, but the know. fun thing too, about this is the annoying thing about props and futures are usually like, Oh, you place the bet. And you don't, you have to wait six months to see the return and like, Oh, well, whoopee, you made like a 10 bucks or whatever. I don't know. But, this is like a short-term investment. Like you can put your money down on anybody, and you see the money back in like three months. So, like, I, to me, I I, I, might, I might actually do it. I want to put. I just got the unemployment check. I might put it all down. Turn my weekly unemployment check into a kajillion dollars. Might as well just light it on fire and throw it out the window. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to do one know. last one. I'll one be last really mad one. if one of our picks. Like if I don't know if I'm gonna take these, we'll see. But like if one of my picks that I don't take happens, I'll be I'll be really upset. But market, it's been on, it's been picked on the air. Last thing I wanted to do was the over under Yankees wins. It's set at thirty seven and a half. What do you guys think? I mean, the fan in me, I'm never gonna take the under. But yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. Like it's probably gonna be around that. So it's obviously a good line, but. I'm gonna yeah, say yeah, over that's just the thing, like I'm gonna say over because I don't want to be an asshole, but I really think under. 
I, I'm I'll really, gonna, I'm really going with the under just because I just, I don't think people realize how fucking hard it's going to be to win a lot of games this season, especially with our schedule. Like you just don't understand the schedule and the Fuck amount it of, over. like. No, I'm fired up over. You sound like an asshole. I just listened to you, and I was like, no, I don't want to be that guy. All right, fuck it. I'm taking the under. I think it's set at the perfect line. Like, if it It was set at 37 and I could bet over or under or at 37, I would probably bet at 37 or whatever it would set. But I do see kind of where Damon's at. Because think about, for most teams, in the playoffs, by winning percentage, you're you're, you're not (laughs) – you're not winning at the same clip that you're winning in the regular season. I know it's harder competition, but those games mean more. So there's more invested in those games. So it's harder to string together five, six, seven wins when every single game has yeah, there's no the dog playoff days. implications sort of like it's, yeah, there's no dog days where you can sneaky yeah, win 12 in a row and get your percentage up like that. I, I do think, I think a lot of teams are probably going to end up going under what their win total set at. I think it's kind of going to be like, you know, the, the worst team in the division might only be nine games, eight games behind the division winner. So like, yep. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny to see too, because like if a team gets hot, like remember last year when the Mariners got fucking smoking hot out of the gate and they had the number one record and they were like 16 and two out of the gate. Like what, like at what point do you get come out of the gate hot like that? And then you're like, we could do this thing. Like what if we just win like 15 more games, we could win, but we could make the playoffs, you know? And if and teams like that go on – you go on a 14-game win streak, no matter who it is. Like, teams that don't make the playoffs go on win streaks that maybe are 11 games sometimes, 12 games, like the Mariners. And if you string that together in this season, like, you could make the playoffs just because of that. Yeah, literally. Or you, you could go on win that early like, hot streak, then it just becomes like, okay, now we're invested in this. We haven't been kicked like and put down yet. Like, you, if that's a big thing. Like, you, over the course of 162 as a bad team – you can win games. You can come out and win games. Like the Orioles can win game, some games too, even though they're horrible. But eventually they get beaten down by the other teams just because of the depth of the team. And that's how it works. So like if you haven't crushed a team yet, like you haven't just broken their spirits, they still think they can win. And thinking you could win is a big deal. Thinking you can win is almost everything. Like they could, like if you, like I said, if you win 10 games, come out so hot, a confident team can just that's that's everything you play with the hot hand i'm just saying it could actually happen yeah and you look at a team like middle of the pack like say the white Sox, the team that i keep thinking of that like they're just kind of on that cusp where they're probably theoretically third in the al central but they catch 12 game win streak they could easily win the division where otherwise they probably wouldn't have that's they're, they're like a borderline wild card team yeah. and then there's other teams that probably wouldn't make the playoffs they could string some together and then oh, all of a sudden you know kansas city's in the wild card because they all of a sudden won 13 games in a row out of nowhere like you never know it's that slot that level of team like that like the the white Sox, like the, that specific team i think about like that is the team that benefits from this. Like they could win the World Series because of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a Maybe. lot of power. I'm not going to get into the White Sox, but like I'm just saying, that type of team can can spin it for 60 games. They can get it going. Yeah. So, yeah. one final note. I just thought about another over under. Over under batting 247 for Chris Davis this year. Good line. Exactly. Even <laughs> <laughs> push. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what, that was just, that's what his goal was. He was like, someone asked him, what's your goal for 2020? It's like, hit 247. <laughs> huh. 
Did he say hit 247 or hit above 247? Oh, he said hit 247. Yeah, he's exactly. Hitting, he's hitting 250 with three games left. Like, he's probably doing the math. Like, all right, I'm going to get one more hit, and then I'm just not going to hit anymore. And then, yeah. boom, 247. I'm looking up. What's his career batting average? I'm curious. I'm I think it's like it. four consecutive years he's hit it, right? His career yeah. batting average is 244, which is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, What's the on. highest he's ever hit? So, bro, look at the. I'll, I'll read them all out. 2013 as a rookie, 279. Then he hit 244. Then it starts. Then in 2015, he hits 247. Then 247. Then 247. Then 247. And then last year, he hit 220, which is why now he's saying, I'm going to hit 247 again. Uh, I didn't realize that he didn't do it last yeah. year. Okay. Yeah, that's why he's that's saying That's still wild. That. I thought it was like an active streak still for some reason. but Low-key, look at him to, for the MVP and uh, home, run der- home run derby champ. Because, I mean, he came on hot, too. He came in those hot two too. years, in 2017 and 18, he was 22nd in MVP and 8 in MVP. And Dude, anyone could runs. win anything. Like, anyone, anyone could really win, win any fucking award. The Orioles so can win the World Series. And it doesn't count. That. <laughs> the awards don't count. I am counting the World Series, though. No, they, if the, they all count. They don't count. The awards? It counts. It counts. They do not count. Dude, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm a career, like if I've been in the league for four years and I'm a career, you know, 265 hitter and I all of a sudden go off and get an MVP, it counts. So, like, you're telling me if, I don't know, say, um, Gio Urshela goes off, hits 20 home runs, bats 325, wins MVP. You're not going to say it counts? I say it counts. I'm saying he won MVP, but I'm not going to say it carries the same way as a full season oh, MVP. No, There's sure no way. Yeah, I don't I count it. It, it, it oh, doesn't like, count as much. Like, the World Series, like, you can make an argument for it counting a little bit the same because of the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But, like, the longevity of the season is really what creates a Cy Young Award winner and MVP Award winner. So, you, Murph, just another thing on top of that. You're going to tell me, because I personally wouldn't count it. I'm a Yankees fan, If specifically if Gio Urshela wins, for example. So I wouldn't count it. You're going to tell me if I don't think it's going to count for Gio Urshela. What would you think about all the Yankee haters out there, which is everybody who isn't a Yankees fan? They wouldn't even Wait. think twice. Like, they wouldn't they say Oh, yeah. Counts. No, I'm sorry. I know they wouldn't say it counts, but, like, he gets an MVP. Good for him. Like, I don't care. I'm not passionate. Like, you know, it if counts. it's Gio, you he can You're an idiot. Like, anybody. Like, I don't really care. I'm not, like, this stickler that's going to say, oh, it doesn't count. It wasn't a full I'm season. just happy we're getting baseball. We're getting baseball. Somebody's getting named MVP. Whoever it is, good for them. It's an MVP. For the season, they were the best player that season. Fine. Doesn't matter how okay. short the season is. Same with the that's World it. Series. Like, whatever. Bye. See you guys later. Okay. Let's go.